0: Welcome to episode ten of Straight Up Utes. We've got a lot of great things to talk about in this episode. I'm going to explain how the Utes are going to take down the number three team in the country this weekend at Rice-Eccles Stadium, and in doing so, we'll make Cincinnati a very happy team as long as they can take care of business against SMU and East Carolina. I'm going to talk about how the Utes have already seen a team that basically looks exactly like Oregon. And the Utes did well against that type of a team. So there's a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, Exciting things to talk about. The Utes are now ranked number 23 in the college football playoff polls. They're also now ranked in the AP poll and coaches poll. So they're being recognized for their recent success and what they've been doing. They've really been able to establish the run. And when that happens, This team is so good. So hang with me here. If any of you are worried about the Utes this weekend because they're facing the number three team in the country, you got to hear some of the things I've got to say. So let's start off with what happened down in Tucson. Uh, Certainly not the best game for the Utes this season. I don't know if I felt like they were ever in danger of losing this game. It just felt like one of those games that they could let get away from them and you'd you'd leave the game just shaking your head and saying, what happened? How did they do this? A big part of that was they, they had so many penalties, which is not like Utah. The Utes are actually one of the best teams in penalties in the country. They're number 20 in the country, even after this last game against Arizona, where they piled up uh, 85 yards of penalty yards on eight penalties. Just totally not the way they usually play and they were very costly penalties uh it allowed arizona to continue drives that should have been stopped and let's face it arizona was throwing everything that they had at them they were going for it on fourth down they were using trick plays they were doing a great job of getting to the outside and keeping the utes defense off balance the utes also weren't able to create any turnovers in this game which is a big reason why they weren't able to blow it open until really the end of the game. Fortunately for Utah, they, they also did not turn the ball over. Cam Rising still had a very solid game, 19 of 30 for 294 yards and two touchdowns. That was a QBR of 93.5, which is fantastic. So I know a lot of Ute fans were concerned following this game, but these types of games just happen. You have a big game the week before, you come out thinking you can do the same thing. This is the Pac-12 and there's very few games in the Pac-12 where you can just count it as a gimme. The Utes faced that this week on the road, but they battled through it. They still got the win. Tavion Thomas did not play. That was a little bit unexpected. Uh, What it sounds like is he's just a bit banged up, and they elected to allow him to rest up and, and get to full strength for the Oregon game. But the nice thing about this team is when that happens, you have another player that can step up. And the player this week was T.J. Pledger. T.J. Pledger did a great job. Yeah, Pledger totally stepped up. He had 119 yards rushing, 162 total yards, and two touchdowns. So they were able to go to Pledger the same way they would to Thomas. They weren't able to run it up the middle uh, the way that Thomas likes to do and really batter the defensive line. But Pledger was able to get to the outside, get some decent runs. Um, His longest run of the day was 15 yards. So really, it wasn't a terrible game for the Utes. It's just I think everyone's expectations were so high because they were playing a team that is and 1-8 on the season and had lost 20 of their last 21 games. Totally get it. I expected this to be a much wider margin, but Arizona did some things right. They did a good job not getting penalties. They took care of the ball, didn't turn it over. Will Plummer had one of his best games of the season, Uh, Threw for 223 yards and a touchdown, and he he had that big 43-yard touchdown run that I think really caught the Utes off guard. You take that away, though. um, I mean, Arizona only finished with 102 yards rushing total, and Plummer had 50 of those yards, so only 52 yards from the rest of the team. So Utah still was doing what they've done to be successful this season. It just was ugly. But the nice thing is they're showing that they can win the ugly games and that's so important. A couple freshmen also stepped up really well in this game defensively. You had Cole Bishop. He had a couple big penalties, but they were questionable in my opinion. He had three tackles for a loss and a sack. He seemed to be all over the place. Um, And then Junior Tafuna, he led the team in tackles this last week, Um, and he also had a sack. So a couple freshmen really stepping up for the Utes here against Arizona. It's always nice to see that. You know. I haven't talked a lot about Mika Tafua yet. This in this podcast, I know I've brought his name up a couple times, but he's got to be one of the quietest leaders in a conference that that you would hear of. Doesn't seem like many people are talking about Mika Tafua. I think it's because Devin Lloyd is doing so well in so many different things. But folks, Mika Tafua is leading the pac twelve in sacks at seven and a half sacks. He's number seven in PFF rating at eighty one point nine. Uh, defensively in all the Pac-12 so Mika Tafu is having this very quiet successful season um, like he always seems to do of course Devin Lloyd I mentioned him before he's number two now in the Pac-12 in tackles with 85 he's number two in the Pac-12 with sacks with six and he's number two in the Pac-12 with interceptions with three and uh, he has the number one PFF rating at 90.7 which is first-round material. So Devin Lloyd continues to be a huge force defensively. One sad thing was that a sack was finally given up. After so many games with the U offensive line not allowing a sack, uh, Arizona was able to get a sack against Cam Rising. It was due to a high snap. Cam Rising, it was lucky, honestly, that Cam was able to snag that snap, bring it down. Um, it just took so much time that by the time he had control of the ball, Uh, he pretty much had to take the sack. So, kind of one of those fluke things, but still, the offensive line continues to make great holes, continues to give good protection for Cam rising, and that's gonna be essential this week against Oregon. One thing that they do have to figure out is the punting game, my goodness. This has gotta be some kind of record of how many times that a team has had a punt blocked for a touchdown. It's just, it's at the point now where if you were to do analytics on it, it's probably better to just not punt at all than to risk giving up seven points that quickly. I mean, it can really change the tide of a game. And if I'm the Utes, I'm thinking, okay, either we're not going to punt at all, or we're just going to have Cam Rising do his pooch punts. Because you know what? They're really good. And defenses can't attack it the same way that they would a regular punt. Uh, because then Cam Rising could create something offensively. <laughs> they gotta figure that out. If they have that same type of an issue against Oregon, that's the thing. When you play a team that's number 3 in the country, you can't have those types of mistakes. You can't have penalties. You can't have turnovers. You gotta be at your best in every aspect of the game. And uh, I I think the Utes can do that, and I'm gonna talk about that a little bit in just a minute. So. Not their best game of the season, but they did come away with a win, and you can't complain about that. You really can't. They're 7-3. and three. They're moving up in the college football playoff. Not that the rankings matter too much for the Utes right now. Their chances of getting into the top four are pretty much not going to happen, so their goal is the Rose Bowl. And that's an interesting topic because a lot of people have thought, well, okay, scenarios here. If Oregon can beat Utah twice, if they can beat them this Saturday, and then beat Oregon State In their rivalry game and then beat Utah again in the Pac-12 championship game then Oregon should be able to maintain their top four college football playoff ranking and then and make it into the playoff which would then leave the door open for Utah to make the Rose Bowl so even if they lose twice to Oregon they might be in the Rose Bowl personally I hate that scenario Uh, you don't want to be that team that may not even be ranked going into a Rose Bowl It also allows for the Rose Bowl to choose whoever they want in that game. They don't necessarily have to take Utah because they were the team that lost in the uh, conference championship game. So they could take an Arizona State or an Oregon State. So I don't like that scenario. Um, Another one is Utah loses this Saturday but then wins the conference championship game. Obviously, the winner goes to the Rose Bowl. So that's another way uh, that they can get in. And my favorite scenario, and the one that I think is actually possible, is the Utes win twice. The Utes win this Saturday, and then they win again in Las Vegas at the conference championship game. Now, how can I say this? How can I say that the 23rd team in the nation can knock off the number three team twice? Oregon's only lost a game. Oregon beat Ohio State. Uh, How can I say that Utah can, can beat them? Here's why. If you take a look at the the main core stats between Arizona State and Oregon, they're so identical. Rush offense, Arizona State, 210 yards, Oregon, 227 yards a game. So really close. Utah, actually, all three of these teams are really similar, and so that's pretty clear why they're the top teams in the Pac-12. But yeah, Utah, 215 yards of rushing offense a game, Arizona State, 210, and Oregon, 227. So they all run the ball well. Um, Pass offense, Utah 223, Arizona State 212, Oregon 214. So they're all okay passing. Uh, They're very balanced if you look at that. Both, I mean, Arizona State 210 and 212, Utah 215, 223, Oregon 227, 214, so very balanced. They're averaging over 400 yards of total offense a game and it's about the same with rushing or passing, so they can go to either side. Now on the defensive side, Oregon has the best rush defense of the three allowing 121 yards rushing a game but Arizona is about the same at 126 and Utah's not too far behind despite the disaster against Oregon State at averaging 136 yards a game. So that's about the same. Now where it gets different and why I think Utah has a better chance to win this game is pass defense. Arizona State's pass defense is number 25 in the nation. Utah is number 36 in the nation. They both give up about 200 yards passing a game. So still looking the same, but here's where Oregon's different. Oregon has given up 248 uh, yards passing a game, number 95 in the nation. So they're not quite as good at stopping the pass as Utah is. And if Utah is able to defeat a team like Arizona State, where they're pretty much the same in many ways, I think that we're looking at a very similar situation here. There's a lot on the line, but Utah has risen to the challenge at home this season. Cam Rising has Been pretty consistent in his ability to pass, so I think that that's where Utah is going to have the advantage, especially if they have a healthy Tavian Thomas. Now, another thing too is that penalty yards. I talked about that earlier. Um, Arizona State and Oregon are a couple of the worst teams in the nation in penalties. Arizona State's number 127, but Oregon's number 115 in the nation in, in the average number of penalty yards per game and Utah's number 20 like I said earlier. So, as long as Utah doesn't have so many of those dumb penalties like they did against Arizona, that's another advantage. So, I'm going to stop talking about Arizona State. I think I've made that point uh, how similar Arizona State is to Oregon. But those are the big weaknesses for Oregon. They give up a bit too much in the passing game and they have some penalty issues. Uh, their third down defense is not very good. They they're number 104 in the country giving up about 43% of third downs, and Utah's number 27 in converting third downs in the country at 45%. So Utah should do well that way. Uh, One spot where Oregon is better than Utah is turnover margin, and I've talked about this. The Utes are not creating turnovers. Really, since they played Washington State, they haven't had a lot of turnovers, um, but they're not creating turnovers either. So the Utes are actually at a a 0.1 turnover margin, uh, which is about right in the middle of the pack of the nation. Oregon is uh, at a 0. 0.8, so they're they're getting about one turnover more per game than their opponents, and that's number 15 in the country. So they're good at creating turnovers, um, and they also do protect that ball. All that to say, we got a couple really similar teams. A couple teams that like to run the ball, like to be balanced, like to stop the rush. It's just that Oregon gives up a little bit more on the pass. They have some problem penalties consistently, not just the one time like Utah did. But if Oregon can create turnovers and win the turnover battle, that's probably where they can hang on and, and uh, beat Utah in this game. So some of the guys that are making it happen for Oregon, um, Travis Dye, their running back. He's not a big guy at all. He's 5'10", 190 pounds, but he has been everything to this offense uh, since C.J. Verdell went down with an injury about five games into the season. Travis Dye has 1,210 total yards. He leads the team in receiving with 32 catches, 302 yards. He leads the team in rushing with 152 carries for 908 yards. He gets about six yards a carry. So as Travis Dye goes, so goes the Ducks. Their quarterback, a fifth year senior, transferred from Boston College, Anthony Brown. He has 54 career passing touchdowns, so he's played quite a bit back at Boston College. Played just a little bit last season. He runs it a lot. He's the guy that you're really going to have to watch out for, but again, this is going back to that Arizona State comparison, he's a lot like your Jaden Daniels type quarterback. He has 109 carries for 551 yards and eight eight touchdowns on the season, so that's a lot for a quarterback to have 109 yard carries. Um, He ran for a career-high 123 yards last Saturday against Washington State, so he's really been doing well with that. Does a great job taking care of the football, has uh, 12 touchdown passes, only 4 interceptions, and he's 34th in the nation in QBR. So he's a decent quarterback, plays smart, protects the ball, good game manager, runs it a lot, doesn't throw for a lot, but can if he needs to. That's kind of what you're looking at on the offensive side. And then on the defensive side, they've got a lot of playmakers. Of course, you've probably heard about Kayvon Thibodeau, he is a 30-year sophomore, likely to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, just a great defensive end. He's only played this year in six full games, but he's already been able to get six sacks. Uh, he's, he's so dangerous. Um, they've also got Noah Sewell, it's Nephi Sewell's brother. He leads the team with 79 tackles, he's also got quite a few sacks, three sacks on the year. And then Vivon McKinley the third, he leads the Pac-12 with five interceptions. So they've got a, a dangerous ball hawk protecting uh, the deep ball. So got a lot of guys on defense. But as I mentioned earlier, with C.J. Verdell, he's out for the season. He was kind of the power punch to that running attack. Um, he was the bigger running back, weighed about 30. He weighs about 30 pounds more than Die. But on the defensive side. They had a huge loss. Um, Bennett Williams, the junior safety, he went down after the fifth game of the season. Both of these guys were huge in their win against Ohio State earlier in the year. C.J. Verdell had 161 yards rushing, almost 200 total yards in that win over Ohio State. Bennett Williams uh, was number two in tackles. So losing both of those guys, this is not the same Oregon team that was able to beat Ohio State. They're kind of the opposite of Utah in that uh, they started the season really strong and they've just been kind of coasting along the last few games, uh, including that loss to Stanford that they had. that one loss. The Utes are a three-point favorite. So again, it's not just me saying that. that I can see that there's some weaknesses here. Las Vegas sees it as well. When you're a home team, you usually get three points. So really what they're saying is this is an even game, but since it's in Utah, give Utah the advantage. But still, that's saying something. When a team with three losses and is ranked 23rd in the nation is a three-point favorite against the number three team in the country. Uh, The ESPN Football Power Index gives the Utes a 61.8% chance of winning this game. So you like to see that if you're a Ute fan. And again, talking a little bit about uh, the close games that Oregon's had. Yeah, they're 9-1 on the season, so they're a team that shows they can win games, which is a lot like what Air, uh, Utah had to do against Arizona. But you look at some of these wins. So they beat Fresno in the first game of the season just by a touchdown. Then they beat Ohio State, which was really big. Of course, took care of Stony Brook, took care of Arizona. So a um, couple easy ones there. And then they lose on the road to Stanford, 31-24. to And we we've been able to see just how bad Stanford is this season. They lost their quarterback, which makes a huge difference, but still, that's a questionable thing. Then, the very next week at home against Cal, they only win by a touchdown. They actually had to come back to win that game 24 to 17. The next week, they go on the road against UCLA and eke out a 34-31 victory. So this is what I'm saying. They've had a lot of games uh, within 10 points against teams that aren't amazing and then that lost to Stanford Uh, is a is a bad loss I'm actually surprised they're number three with that type of a loss I think they're just redeemed because they were able to beat Ohio State they took care of Colorado and then um, go on the road to Washington and and only beat them by 10 26 to 16 not a pretty game there at all and then take care of business last week against Washington State 38-24 at home So especially if you look at those road games at Washington only winning by 10, at UCLA only winning by three, at Stanford where they lost, and then their only other road game was at Ohio State, which they they won, but they had C.J. Verdell um, and they had Bennett Williams at that time, and they don't have them now. So now they go on the road to face Utah, and Utah has been very good at home, especially recently. And... I think that that's really going to work in the Utes' favor. It just, it seems like Oregon's the type of team that has just been getting by all season and now it's going to catch up to them. And if they lose to Utah this weekend, which I think they will, I also think that they could lose to Oregon State. Luckily, that game's at home for them, so they might be playing for a little bit more there, And but with it being a rivalry, you never know what'll happen, especially with Oregon State playing the way that they have been this year. You never know what they're going to do. They can can rise to the challenge like they did against Utah. They could give you a head scratcher like they have in a couple of their other games. But it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens. And that's why I said Cincinnati's gonna be happy because they should be able to now jump into that top four after Utah uh, defeats Oregon this weekend. All right, so my straight up Utes prediction for the 23rd ranked Utah Utes against the number three Oregon Ducks. I'm gonna say Utah 34. Oregon twenty-four. Uh, they get them at Rice Eccles. A lot of good things happening. It'd be really special for the Utes to be able to put together a win like this, considering everything they've had to go through this season. Great game coming up. It's going to be ABC primetime game. Just what you want. Great for recruiting. Great for fans. Just what a great game. This is this is what it's all about. How much fun is this that the Utes get to go on prime time, play number three in the country, and hopefully come out with a win? Thanks again for listening. Go Utes.